Welcome to another episode of the Spiritual Awakening Show. I go by Brent Spirit, and this is part 16 of the ongoing Kundalini Awakening series. Today I'm going to be talking all about how you can tap into the creative genius of the universe and channel it forth for all to benefit from. I'll be speaking about invoking the muse, which is, of course, the Divine Mother, Shakti, and inviting her to inspire you to bring forth art in all of its many forms. I'll be sharing about how I was inspired to become a photographer by Shakti. I'll let you know about my favorite book ever, which will definitely inspire you to take your creativity to the next level. I'll also be talking a little bit about artificial intelligence and some new developments in the art world. And of course, I'll show you how to invoke the muse and to become creative yourself. Before we continue, I just want to take a moment to say that all credit goes to Shakti. Despite the language I may use at times, for example, calling this my podcast or referring to my photography work, truly, nothing is mine. It all belongs to the goddess. I'm just the channel. You can visit brentspirit.com to find more free content, to watch this series on video, to reach me with any questions, and to find out about meeting with me directly. Thanks so much for all of your ongoing support, donations, comments, feedback, and emails. Connecting with you all really means a lot to me. I appreciate you all. Now let's dive into this episode today all about invoking the muse, creativity, and channeling. Enjoy. So let's talk about the muse. So the muse, I believe it's Greek. It's a Greek word for the creative goddess. I think there was multiple muses. Uh, and so when we think of the goddess and we think of her as a creative force, we can attribute her to being the muse. So that's what I'm speaking about here, the muse. And when we think of music, of course, it's inspired by the muse. And so that's why it's called music. It comes from the muse. And so we can see already that this is not just a Sanskrit thing, you know, talking about Kundalini Shakti as the, the creative force. No, we see it also in, in the, the Greek uh, system, you could say, the Greek philosophy. Uh, the muse is there and she's feminine and she's responsible for being creative, right? It's, it's, you know, music is, I think, the most popular thing known around the world, you could say. And of course, we attribute that. We attribute that to the muse as well. So I just wanted to remind you that this is a universal thing that we're talking about here. We're not talking about something strictly limited to yoga or India or Hinduism or Sanskrit. What we're talking about here when we speak about Kundalini awakening, Kundalini process, creativity, the goddess, the divine mother, we're talking about a universal thing that's been acknowledged throughout many, many different traditions throughout history around the world. The Divine Mother, the feminine, the feminine force, the feminine energy in the world is what we attribute all of these wonderful things that we experience in our world, okay? That's not to take away from the masculine. The masculine is the foundation upon which the feminine dances, you could say. So it's equally important, but this is not something limited just to, you know, Asian traditions, you could say. So the muse is Shakti. She's the creative force. And if you're able to invoke her, which I'll be speaking about in a minute about what that really means to invoke her, you're able to allow her to inspire you to be creative. Okay. And so sometimes we hear about with people and their Kundalini awakening process, we think, you know, 
we hear about how they've become a creative genius or somehow we think that their brain becomes activated to, uh, you know, the brain becomes awakened or activated or certain parts of pathways of the brain are turned on and they're able to tap into creative genius. They become genius, you could say. And, you know, you can look up things like this. People think, okay, if I have my Kundalini awakened, will I become a genius? Well, this is what they're talking about here. When you have your Kundalini awakened, you develop a very intimate relationship with the goddess, with Kundalini Shakti, with the Divine Mother, with the Muse. And so, even though you may have it awakened, you still have to engage in the practice of invoking her, of summoning her, so that you can uh, bring forth those creative things. And now I also want to remind you here before we keep going, you don't necessarily have to have a full, complete, 100% done kundalini process in order to tap into what I'm sharing here. Everybody has access to this. Even people who have nothing to do with kundalini are still able to tap into creativity, are still able to get their ego out of the way and allow creative energy to come through and inspire them. You know, we see this with, uh, you know, musicians. We see this with athletes who say, you know, something took over me and I made that play. We see it with, with people from all over the world. They may call themselves atheists and they call themselves, you know, scientists, whatever, but they're all inviting something beyond themselves, something transcendent to speak through them, okay? So we can use this 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 invocation, this this act of summoning, this act of channeling this act of getting out of the way for the muse to come through and we can channel forth things like art ideas we can channel forth healing as well whether that's for ourselves for others for the world we can channel forth innovation ideas wisdom we can use it to uh, inform our decision making in life as well so like i mentioned you know it's not just limited to just art okay we're not talking about just art so you may think oh this is only for artists i'm not really an artistic person doesn't matter we're all artistic people because everything can be considered an art right even speaking can be considered an art and we all speak we all relate with people okay so what does it really mean to invoke or to summon this energy this creative force the muse the divine mother well i think by default we operate at a very very sort of neutral, you could say a very uh, boring state, you could say, very neutral. And if we just don't do anything, that's our default. We're not really creative, not really inspired. But to tap into these higher states of consciousness in which we're able to flow and be creative, we have to do something active, which means we, we have to invite those energies. We have to invite inspiration into us to flow through us. It doesn't just come on its own. Usually there are, you know, times where it might, um, when maybe we enter into a certain deep situation of surrender and that sort of thing. But generally speaking, if you want to become efficient at this, you have to invite that energy and you have to learn how to do that, which is what I would call invoking it and summoning it. Now, when I use the words invocation, when I use the word summoning, I know it can sound like, you know, we're getting into something, you know, like very esoteric, you know, talking about like maybe like, you know, witchcraft or something. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm just talking about engaging in some sort of ritual to bring forth the muse, to invite her into your space. So that can be a simple ritual, which is just saying a prayer, you know, something just like divine mother, I'm about to engage in some creative activity. Now I'm going to do my best to get out of the way. And I invite you to use me as a tool to bring forth what you want to bring forth. Or something like, you know, Divine Mother, I'm about to enter into a healing session with a client. I'm doing my best to get out of the way. I invite you to bring forth the healing, the energy, the inspiration that they need through me as your vessel, as your tool. Use me. 
I'll do my best to get out of the way. And I thank you in advance for that. Very simple types of prayers like this. You know, there's nothing um, specific that needs to be said or done. It's just something that resonates with you that inspires you to get out of the way. And when I, when I say get out of the way, I mean inspires you as the, as the resistant, separate sense of self, the ego, to just step aside and to let something come through you. So it doesn't have to be any specific prayer or words. You know, it can just be a feeling that you have. The muse, God, Shakti, she doesn't listen to specific words. Okay, when we pray, when we communicate with her, she, she resonates with feeling, with, with the vibration of what we're saying. So as long as you have something that involves the general sentiment of humility, which is, I am getting out of the way so that you can come through me and use me just as a tool. I'm not going to take credit for any of this. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just getting out of the way so that you can channel through me. So there's an element of humility. There's an invitation. Come, come work through me. And there's the intention to do good work, to do something that, uh, you know, will have value in the world, right? And so this is how we can invoke, can summon that energy to us. And it must be done. Like I said, it has to be something active because by default, we're at a very baseline sort of uninspired state. You could stay, you could say, okay. So this is what it means when people are channeling, right? When people are channeling, uh, poetry or art or, or speaking or comedy or they're doing improv comedy, for example, and they're channeling, this is what they're doing. They're inviting the muse to speak through them, to guide them, to inspire them, okay? This is what it means to be divinely inspired as well. When somebody says, I was divinely inspired to do this or to do that or to write this book, that's what they're talking about, okay? So we're all channels in this way. We're all channeling and we channel many various times throughout the day sometimes we don't recognize it but we're all channels okay and it's just that some of us are more practiced at it than others okay so now that you're listening to this maybe if you've never heard of this idea before now you're aware that you can actually do this consciously on a regular basis efficiently you can become practiced at it you can become more skilled at doing it on a regular basis and maybe that that's how you can tap into becoming more and more effective at bringing forth genius ideas and, and, and work that can become something that isn't just one-off random things that kind of happen, you know, to us now and then, right? Throughout our Kundalini awakening journeys, there are times where we're so irresistibly compelled that even when we don't necessarily invoke the muse, she, she maybe, you know, grabs us and draws us to a certain, um, book to read or tells us, you know, start writing or something like that might happen. But those are almost like, um, Things that happen somewhat randomly, you could say, of course, nothing is random, but you could say randomly. But what I'm speaking about here is in showing you how to, you know, be able to do this on a regular basis. Okay. The other thing too, that I wanted to mention here is that, you know, when we hear somebody speaking from the heart, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about, they moved out of their head, out of their mind, and they were into the heart. And in the heart is where they spoke, you know, what they really feel. And it's usually very eloquent, uh, very touching, very moving, very genuine. And that's because they spoke from the heart and in the heart, that is where the muse resides. Okay. It's, it's metaphorical as well. I, I, I don't want you to think, you know, to get confused. You know, I thought you said Kundalini rose from the root. Now you're saying she's in the heart. It's all metaphorical. Kundalini Shakti, she's everywhere. This is all Kundalini Shakti, all of it, all of it. Okay. So when somebody says they speak from the heart, that's what they're talking about. So you can ask any great artist, about their artistic process. And I'm very confident that they will, if you do enough, enough prodding, enough digging, they will in some way reveal a component of their process that is transcendent, that's beyond them, that's out of their control. 
Okay, so they may call it luck. They may call it, you know, fluke. They may say, oh, random stuff happens. They may say, oh, this happened by accident. But there's always some element in an artist's process that they can't take full credit for, okay? If they're being genuine, okay, if they're being honest. So it's something to consider as well. If you sit down with any great artist, they will give you a description of their process, but they'll say that there's something that they can't really put words to. There's always something that's not technical, right? So for example, as a photographer, I might have many studio lights and cameras and lenses and different ideas and a plan, but there's always an X factor, an element that's out of my control, and that's where the muse comes in, okay? So some people who are artists, they say that when they're writing or they're painting or they're dancing, that they become one with the process. So in the art of creation, if they're writing, for example, they'll say there's no writer, there's just writing, there's just text. I'm just, I'm out of the way and writing is just happening. There's no writer here, right? Or they'll say that there's no dancer. When I begin dancing, there's no dancer. There's only the dance and I'm one with the dance. I'm one with the music, one with the dance floor, one with the environment, one with my body, one with the audience. There's just the dance. The ego is out of the way. There is no dancer, right? So what that means is when we invoke the muse, we have to create space for her, right? So we can't be within our heads, taking up space, being, okay, I'm here, I'm the dancer. Now, now muse, please come and dance through me, but I'm going to stay here because I want to, to be the dancer while you are dancing through me. No, we've got to make space for her, right? So we have to get out of the way to make that space so that she can come through and be the dance, the dancer, the audience, everything, right? So that's important to understand here. There needs to be space. So when you think of that, we think about getting out of the way, okay? But that doesn't also mean that you have to be perfectly out of the way. This process itself of channeling, of invoking the muse, of tapping into creativity, this is a dance in its own right. It's a practice, it's, okay? So it doesn't mean that we're perfectly out of the way. Everything in some way that comes through us will be colored by our human flaws, you could say, and that's okay. And we see that across, you know, different people's work, for example, that there's something a little bit imperfect, and that's fine too. It is part of the, the full artistic expression as well that Kundalini Shakti wants to bring forth because, of course, even being a human is, is part of Kundalini Shakti's creation as well, okay? So this work that I'm doing here is a direct result of allowing the muse, of allow Shakti to work through me, okay? So I'm not a perfect channel, like I said. My relationship with Shakti is not perfect per se. There are times where I'm in the way, right? My ego is in the way. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe trying to force things to happen, or maybe there's a part of me that wants to take credit for things uh, that have happened or will happen. And so I'm not perfect at it, and I'm kind of in the way at times. And so there's ongoing work that I'm doing here. And of course, you might be able to pick up on it in this series alone, right? So it's a balancing act. It's a practice. It's a work in progress. But when it comes to this work specifically, this Kundalini series, this spiritual awakening work that I'm doing, I was called to do this, right? And so when I sit down and, and begin to work, I invoke the muse. I say, okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to write. I'm ready to type. I'm ready to speak. I invite you to come through me and I'll do my best to get out of the way. And so what comes through me when I pay attention to it, when I listen to it, when I read it, whatever it is, 
I'm more of a student of, of this than I am a teacher of this, okay? So I'm going to go back and listen to this recording as well and just, you know, let it sort of sink in a little bit as well. I'm a student of this. I can't really take credit for it, okay? Like I said in the beginning, all credit goes to Shakti, all credit goes to God. So with that said, um, this work here, you know, it may not be the greatest work ever about Kundalini and about spirituality and spiritual waking, but that is more of a reflection of my human imperfection and influence on this work than it is a reflection of the muse that inspires me to create it, okay? And the same goes for my photography work, which is what I'll show you in just a second. Okay, so a little bit about my relationship with photography. Growing up as a kid, I never really had uh, any visual arts skills. I was always very jealous of those who could paint and draw and that sort of thing. But after my Kundalini rising, one of them, I picked up the camera and I just I couldn't put it down. I didn't have any idea what I was doing, but I was just loving it, really, really loving it. I was I was really passionate about it. And I started to recognize that through the through photography, I was becoming a channel. I was becoming uh, more skilled at invoking the muse and developing this relationship with her in which I could allow her to guide me to photograph a certain thing or to maybe set the scene for me to photograph and that sort of thing. And so doing this was so enjoyable. And this is something about channeling that's important to understand. When you invoke the muse, it's like being high, right? It's like being high on a drug, but it's a very clean and steady high that is, you know, it's what being in the flow is like, right? And we've all experienced it at times. And it's important to understand this skill because you can not only bring forth great art for the world or creative ideas or innovation and what, whatever it is, but you also get to enjoy the process as well. It becomes a very meditative experience. Now, in previous parts of this series, I spoke about how some people might meditate with the intention of leaving their body, leaving the world behind, transcending it. You know, they might say, you know, the world is a place of suffering. It's all material. I need to transcend into non-physical spiritual awareness. But I don't think that's really what we're here to do. And, I, and the Kundalini process is not about transcending and leaving the body. It's about becoming fully human and divine at the same time. And I think being a channel, being a creative, being an artist and invoking the muse is the most effective means to meditate and being and be human at the same time. So when we get out of the way and we are, say, dancing and allowing the muse to, to move through us or we're writing, it's a meditative state and it feels incredible. It's like being high. It's, it's a high like no other. And it is not a type of meditation or a high type of experience that we use as an escape from our problems or as, a, as an escape from the suffering of the world or our body. It's a type of high, a type of meditative experience that brings us fully into the body. We become fully human, okay? We get to use our body, we use our skills, we use our senses to express what Kundalini Shakti, what the goddess, what the muse wants to express through us, okay? So here's, so I'm going to share some of my photos here. Here's a, a photo of uh, this really cute dog, put some glasses on him. And uh, normally they don't really wear glasses, but you know, sometimes when I'm working with an animal and they aren't always cooperative, what I do is I set an invocation or I invite the muse to come in and sort of orchestrate the photo shoot. So I relax. This is very important when it comes to, to an invocation. We must relax. And I just say, 
Divine Mother, Shakti, Goddess, Creative Force. I'm doing my best to get out of the way and I invite you to come through and inspire me to create great art for my client or for whatever project it is that I'm working on. I invite you to inspire the dog to cooperate with me as well. And I let it go. And so sometimes I like to think of it as I have a telepathic communication with the dogs in which the muse, the goddess, is the mediator, the translator, okay? So sometimes I'll speak to the dog in my mind. Please, you know, we're running out of time here. We've got to get some good photos. Cooperate with me. Behave yourself. Please, let's do this. And I'll get creative images like this where, you know, for a split second, they'll say, okay, I'll wear the glasses for you. And I'll even give you a snaggle tooth so I look really tough, you know, with the glasses. And the moment I get a shot like this, the dog shakes the glasses off their head and they're back to misbehaving, back to doing whatever it is that they were doing, not cooperating. And that's because they know that I've got the shot. The muse knows you've got the shot that you need. It's all good. And that's how things work, okay? So it's something to consider. Working with animals is is very interesting because I feel that they respond very well energetically. They respond to intention. They respond to your vibration very well. And so you can have these types of communication with them at times. Sometimes you'll experience things um, like on your Kundalini journey where animals in nature begin to, you know, approach you, which is, you know, unheard of for most wild animals, for, you could say. People have described this quite often or, you know, you might... Um, the other day I was speaking with, uh, Kate and Gordon on one of our podcasts, uh, we did an interview and Gordon described two eagles above his head, right? When he was experiencing Kundalini phenomena. So nature responds in this way. And so that's why I really like to, to photograph dogs. Here we've got a bunch of puppies. Once again, you know, when you're working with a whole litter of puppies, you know, they're not very cooperative, but, uh, I, once again, I, I set an intention and I say, please cooperate just for a second. I need to get a good photo. All of you, look in the camera. Okay, it's okay if one of you is sleeping, it's cute. You know, he's he's a sleepy one. But this is the way that I work, right? We, we have a relationship with Shakti, all of us together, all the puppies, myself, the clients. Even though the client might not know that, you know, I just, I'm just a dog photographer. I'm not a spiritual guy or anything like that when I'm working as a photographer. And so this is a little bit of my work and this is my craft and this is my relationship. Uh, this is where my relationship with Shakti becomes uh, creative, but it's not the only place. It's not the only place. It's just my sort of um, exaggerated way in which I relate and dance with Shakti and see what we can create together. So I hope I've inspired you uh, with some of the work here. Like I said in the beginning, all credit goes to God, all credit goes to Shakti. This is just what I've been inspired to bring forth. I'm just a tool, just a vessel. Okay. So maybe it's not photography, but maybe there's an art form that you are called to uh, explore that Shakti would like you to bring something forth. Um, it could take you by surprise. I never in a million years before this awakening would I thought I would be a photographer. Never would have thought that. And so one thing that this has opened my mind up to is what might God, what might Kundalini, what might the muse have in store for me in the future? You know, I never thought I'd be a photographer. Here I am as a photographer, okay? Maybe in 10 years, I'll be doing something else. 20 years, what could it be? I don't know. I'm just a vessel, just a tool, just a channel at the divine's disposal, okay? So I invite you to take a similar attitude to see how it goes for you. You know, you might surprise yourself. Okay, so now I want to talk about a little bit of a different type of art that I've been inspired to create. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, talking about all the cover images for each episode, 
that uh, I've added. And these are all images that have been created with the use of artificial intelligence, AI. So, so very recently, within the past few months, there's been a major leap in artificial intelligence technology and some great software has come out that is able to create really incredible pieces of art based on words and, and descriptors that you can you give the software. And so I was experimenting with it. I had a really, really fun time creating some images which are representative of the goddess Kundalini Shakti. So, you know, there's a few images here with the goddess, you know, flowers blooming out of her head, representing to me, representing, you know, like the, the awakened crown, like a halo, that sort of thing. Colorful body representing the full chakra system, right? Mother nature, you could say, things like that. So AI is creating these really, really incredible pieces. I won't share all of them here, but uh, if, if you're wondering where I've got these pieces of art, you know, who's the, who's the creator, who's the artist, who owns the copyright, I do. Um, but I wouldn't say that I'm the creator. You know, I would say, you know, I, I told the AI what to do and it created it for me. You know, maybe you could say I'm the visionary. I'm not really sure. But I don't want to get into too much about this, uh, you know, AI debate because it's a very hot topic right now. And I don't really have any strong opinions on it. But what I can say is that it doesn't matter whether it's me that gets to take credit for creating these images because I'm the one who told the AI what to do or whether it's the AI who gets to take credit for it because of course it's the one that put it all together or whether it's the original millions of artists that the AI learned from in order to create art like this. I think we can go one step further and I think that we can say that you know it's all created by Shakti, by the muse, by the goddess. We are just channels, just tools, just vessels bringing it forth, um, nothing else. So, you know, nobody can take credit for this. The same way that even if I were to have painted this, I can't take credit for it because it's the muse that works through us. And I think this is a very important thing to acknowledge and integrate into your philosophy, you could say, as a creative, as an artist, as a channel, because it is vital for involving that you get out of the way so that the muse can come through you and inspire you. Because if you're there saying, okay, I'm going to take credit for this, well, then you're going to be in the way and then there's no space for the muse to come through. So we've got to get out of the way. Like I said in the beginning, yeah, I can say this is my podcast. I can say this is my photography work. I can say this is my you know, image created by AI because I own the copyright and that sort of thing. But ultimately, this is all, all up to God. It's all God's creation, just the channel, okay? And this goes for anything, you know, whether it's a pencil drawing or, you know, the Sistine Chapel. It's all, all credit goes to the muse, okay? So with AI, it's a very interesting time right now in the art world and technology because art has been you know transformed once again right we're not really sure where this is going to go nobody really knows what's going to happen because we can really create almost anything just by telling the ai what to create it's very very fascinating i advise you to check it out it's really cool stuff uh something that uh, i think is important to note here is that sometimes people think that you know technology and computers and code and that sort of stuff people think that this is something separate from spirituality right we think spirituality is all nature and trees and vibrations and crystals and stuff but then when we look at a computer we see you know chip, microchips and and you know we think of codes and and that sort of thing and binary and all this kind of stuff and we think oh that's not spiritual or we might have 
a feeling that it's not spiritual. But I want to remind you that it's all spiritual. You know, everything, all of this, even computers, okay? All of this comes from the source, the first source of all creation, okay? Which is Shakti, the goddess, the muse, okay? So everything that we see in existence, from computers to buildings, the planet to the solar system, the galaxies, to a thought in your head, all of this has been sanctioned and its creation, its arising, has been overseen by Shakti. Everything ever created, everything that ever will be created, all of it, all of it is Shakti. All of it is the goddess, okay? And that's who we have here, the goddess. Okay, so I know this has been a really long episode. I've been rambling quite a bit here. Uh, I hope you've got some value out of this. Just to summarize a little bit, the muse needs to be invoked in order to be efficient and consistent at tapping into the creative genius that we all have access to, okay? So an invocation can be something very simple like a prayer, okay? We have to relax in order to engage in this type of invocation. Relax into a state of trust, knowing that the muse will bring forth whatever she needs to bring forth. Whatever comes through will be colored by the human imperfections uh, that, you know, are part of our experience here as people, as humans, and that's okay. It's, that also is part of the creation that Shakti wants to bring forth. Um, channeling is not limited to being an artist. It's not limited to, you know, allowing spirits to speak through you. Channeling can happen in a very uh, sort of incognito way when you're just speaking with somebody casually, okay? So open your mind and expand your definition of channeling and what that really means. Uh, be open to unforeseen ways in which you might become creative once you begin to tap into, uh, you know, allowing the muse to speak through you. You might be shocked in the same way that I was shocked, you know, that I was inspired to become a photographer, okay? And as well, we can't take credit for any of this. We have to get out of the way. We've got to be humble. It's all God. It's all up to Shakti. It's all up to the goddess. And one last point is that it's a practice. It's an ongoing dance. It's an ongoing development. It's a work in progress. So for the most part, you know, you're not going to pick up a camera and, you know, become uh, a professional photographer immediately in one day. It's a journey and we have to enjoy the journey, enjoy the process as well. And there will be mistakes along the way. And it's not that when you make a mistake, it's because you weren't channeling or anything like that. No, mistakes are just context for lessons that are required that we learn in order for us to be more effective at channeling, right? We have to learn how to use the tools. As a photographer, I had to learn how to use lighting and things like that. And by making mistakes, that's how I learned how to use those things. And so now that I'm technical and I have the technical skills, now I can relax and allow the goddess to take care of all the things that aren't technical, all of the, the spontaneous magical things that happen as a photographer or as you know just whatever it is whatever it is that we use our connection with shakti for okay and remember that we're always bringing forth good things we're always bringing forth things for others to benefit from we want to think long term as well we want to think about a legacy you know what might what might be leave behind in 500 years if somebody finds your work a painting you've done or a song or something you want to imagine that they listen to it and they feel that Shakti radiance coming through in some way, or they feel that there's something a little magical about it, okay? So that's the intention. You want to think long-term. You want to think about a legacy. Long after we're gone, long after people have forgotten our name, maybe our work will live on, and through the work, 
we are vessels, we're channels, we are beacons of that Shakti energy of the muse that inspire other people to also develop their own relationship with the muse as well. So I hope that is, uh, you know, what my work here may have done for you today a little bit. If you'd like to check out more of my work, you can visit brentdesilva.com. That's my photography work. Now, before I go, I just want to mention the greatest book I think I've ever read. It's called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Now, Stephen Pressfield is an author, and he's written this book. It is not necessarily a, an explicitly spiritual book, but he does have very strong spiritual themes, you could say. Um, and I've read quite a bit. I've read books from all over. Uh, you know, I've read sacred texts, Bhagavad Gita, all this sort of great, great stuff. But I think this is the greatest book I've ever read right here, The War of Art. So it's not to be confused with The, the Art of War by Sun Tzu. That's different. This is The War of Art. It's, uh, break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles. This book hashes out in a step-by-step logical way how to develop a relationship with the muse, to become creative and to become efficient and consistent at it in a way that I have today a little bit, but he does a much better job, much more laid out. He speaks about the obstacles that arise, okay? Because what I've said here, I may have made it seem like it's super easy to, you know, just summon the muse and, and become a creative channel and become a creative genius, but it is a challenging thing to do. A lot of things come in the way. Our ego gets in the way. Our fear of success gets in the way. Our fear of how we might surprise ourselves, you know, feelings of unworthiness get in the way. All these types of things get in the way. And he addresses how we can overcome these blockages, these obstacles to uh, allowing ourselves to become channels. And he mentions uh, invoking the muse in one chapter. And that's where I've got the inspiration for the title of, of this podcast episode today from Stephen Pressfield. So big shout out to him. I read this book a few times, but I read it and that's when I began this series actually. And so it's a very, very powerful book. Everybody that I've recommended it to that's read it and got back to me, I said, you know, it's, uh, it gave them exactly what they needed to get to the next step in, in whatever it is that they were inspired to do creatively, business-wise. Um, it's very, very powerful, very, very powerful stuff. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Check it out. I highly, highly recommend it. Okay, so that's all I have for you today all about kundalini shakti and invoking the muse i hope you got something out of it like i said i know i'm rambling a bit today i didn't have very organized notes i kind of figured i would just kind of free flow a little bit more than usual just because i wanted to tap into this this uh feeling of dancing with the muse and i hope it came through we'll have to see what you feel what you think if it means something to you leave a comment send me some feedback can connect with me at brentspirit.com that's where you can find out more free content like this you can check out the other parts of this series uh, if you're interested in meeting with me one-on-one -on -one, you can find out about that there as well if you feel called to you can also so make a donation if you'd like to support me in this work you can do all of that at brentspirit.com i uh, really thank you for your attention today and if you're wondering if there's something that you can do for me share this with a friend who you might think uh, could benefit from it if they're experiencing clearly phenomena or they're interested that goes a really long way so thank you so much for all your shares everybody that's gone back to me over emails and the comments it really means so much to hear that this work is uh, is meaningful for you okay so i've got some more content coming you can stay tuned i've got uh, some more interviews coming up with some really interesting people i think you're going to like them so we'll connect some more next time thank you so much much love peace